purpose, the gift. Um, you know, when I was 27 years of age, which wasn't that long ago, but... <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Uh, when I was 27 uh, years of age, um, I worked for uh, the largest privately owned company in Australia. Um, and I was a sales rep for them. And... Uh, the guy that owned the company was the second richest man in Australia at the time, after Kerry Packer. Uh, both of them are dead now. So, um, but uh, the company was called Busyboard, uh, and the guy that owned the company's name was uh, Richard Pratt. Anyway, uh, the national sales manager, um, who was sort of built in the exact image that most national sales managers are if you if you pick or if you think of the epitome of a of a national sales manager or someone that's overseeing uh, a sales team oftentimes they're tall oftentimes they're quite athletic looking they're normally pretty good looking um, they drink a lot and they talk a lot that's sort of your typical uh, national sales manager and this guy fitted that uh, that description exactly. Um, anyway, I was doing quite well in the company at the time and one day he came up to me and he said, um, he said, oh, we've earmarked you to take over one of our largest accounts. Um, and I was like, wow. I can't. <laughs> he said, I want to come out with you uh, to do a couple of calls. And I'm like, you know, I'm 27. I've been with the company maybe 12 months, 18 months. This guy's like, you know, you don't really talk to him that, that much. Uh, and he's saying he wants to come out in the car with me. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so uh, he said, I want to talk to you about this account. The, the account that he wanted me to take over was Coca-Cola. Um, and they were one of the biggest accounts for the, for the organisation. So I'm like, oh, wow. You know, I'm going out with the sales manager. Uh, it's almost like going out with a future mother-in-law you know, out in the car. <laughs> it's that scary, not quite that scary, but it's up there. So we get in the car and uh, we're driving around the account. Uh, he actually had a big house up here in Balmain. Um, we're sitting in the car, we're doing some different accounts and then uh, we're sort of having lunch or uh, just having a bit of a break and he, um, he's sitting in the car and he says to me, I'm 59 years of age, I've got a wife that I don't talk to that much, I've got two kids that only talk to me when they want money, I've got a big house on the water, I've got everything I want and I'm just trying to work out what it's all about. Now, I'm 27 <laughs> and I'm thinking, is he talking to me or is he just talking out loud? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm like sort of not looking, he's, he's, sort of, he's not looking at me, he's just sort of we're just sort of talking, and um, and I was sort of I was obviously a, a Christian. I was in church. I was uh, probably a pastor at Oxford Falls at the time. I can't remember if I was, but anyway, I was quite involved in the church. But I just didn't know what to say. I know what I should have said, uh, but I was very nervous because this guy, you know, he was very successful. He was, and he really controlled the organisation across the country. And I remember sitting there just going, um, am I the Christian? 
<laughs> and, and I believe the most important things in life you can't buy. And I was waiting for a response, and he sort of just went, hmm. Um, and that was it. But <laughs> he knew I was a, he, he didn't know I was a Christian because I was quite vocal within the organization and prayed. And uh, looking back now, I maybe could have said a bit more or maybe been a bit more bold. Um, but the thing that really hit me when I came away from that meeting, and I'm sure God used that moment for him to think about what is important and what purpose really is. Um, but the thing that hit me at that point was many people, he's a guy who's really, that other people idolized, particularly within the organization. He was successful, he was rich, he had a big house on the water. From the outside, it looked like he had everything that you would want in life. And yet here he is sitting in this situation, in this car, and really just exposing or, or, or talking out loud. I don't think he was actually talking to me. He was obviously just going through some stuff, maybe a midlife crisis, I don't know. But it just made me realize that the important things in life do not come through your wallet. Now, money's important. It's vital to buy stuff, to have homes, to have cars, to have the things that we need. But oftentimes we look at people, we think, wow, that person's the epitome of success. And yet in the in, on the inside of their heart, they're going, this is not the answer. This is not the answer. So I want to talk today about purpose. Um, you know, being successful in the eyes of the world, which this gentleman obviously really was, and fulfilling your life's purpose, God's call, God's design upon your life, are not necessarily the same thing. Fulfilling God's purpose for our life, understanding why we are here and what we're supposed to be doing is the ultimate call upon your life. You were designed, shaped, and brought to this planet for a reason. It is no accident that you are here. It is no accident that you are on the planet doing what you're doing. And oftentimes, we set goals and we look to achieve things and we sometimes sacrifice really important things to take a hold of things that we think are going to make us happy or are going to make us feel successful. Or sometimes the motivation is that other people will look to us and, and esteem us and think we're something special. And yet oftentimes those things really don't bring a sense of significance. They don't bring a sense of value and purpose to our life. Sometimes we can have everything, just like my old boss, and on the inside be going, what's it all about? Why have I driven myself to get to this pinnacle and yet my marriage is not that great, my relationship with my kids is not that great, I don't really have a lot of friends what is it all about? So I've got three points here I want to talk about today in regards to purpose. Number one, everybody say number one. Number one, self-help is no help. Self-help is no help. This is not something I made up, it actually comes out of the scriptures. Matthew 16, 25 in the message translation, Jesus used these words and he said this, self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to find yourself, your true self. 
What kind of deal is it to get everything you want and lose yourself? What's the benefit? And that was the question that my old boss was asking of himself. Why have I driven myself to get all this stuff and yet I'm hollow on the inside, I'm empty on the inside, I've got no sense of value or significance or purpose to my life. Now the world has a truckload of options uh, that it displays for us to go after, for us to live for, to spend our life trying to achieve and some of them are very noble and some of them are very honourable but it's not just about spending our life for something that's honorable it's not just about spending our life for something that's noble it's spending our life in accordance with what we are supposed to be doing doing the things that we're called to do spending our time our energy and our money towards fulfilling our purpose and our reason for being here in jesus christ you were tailor-made you were tailor-made you were not made by god like a cheap suit bought, bought off the rack You are not like anybody else. You are unique. You were made by God, shaped, formed, given gifts, skills, abilities, and talents for a reason in this planet. And God has got you in a place and discovering what that's all about, discovering how to utilize and and invest and maximize your gifts, abilities, and talents. And the whole reason for being is what life's all about. That's what brings significance. That's what brings value. That's what brings purpose. That's what gets you up in the morning going, you know what? I've got a reason to get up. I've got a reason to be alive. I've got a reason to make my life count. I think it was last week or the week before I was talking about a guy that I uh, met in the plane coming back from the national conference. I'm sitting next to this guy and didn't really want to talk to him. But anyway, he started talking to me. Um, I'm a real evangelist. <laughs> but anyway, I'm always praying, God, give me moments. And then when they come, you're like, oh, okay, it's a moment. Uh, I, better, I, better, I better, <laughs> better take it. Anyway, he's talking to me. He's all excited. He's a network marketer. Um, I'm thinking, oh, great. Anyway, <laughs> no, I, he was all excited. And, and anyway, we were chatting and I just talked a little bit about purpose. What, why, what are you doing? And... and uh, Anyway, he's been messaging me, asking for my details, and he's been messaging me. And um, and uh, actually, I'll read. Oh, I haven't got my phone. Oh, I've got my phone. I'll read you the message. But it, this is a guy that's really—he's very passionate. He's obviously very uh, driven. He wants to achieve something with his life. Uh, he's had a pretty hard. But he's from South Africa. He came from difficult circumstances. He said that uh, no, uh, not South Africa. He's actually from uh, Zimbabwe. Um, and he said a number of years ago his family was very wealthy and if you know anything about the history of Zimbabwe uh, basically they had a multi multi million dollar farm that their whole family pretty much had to walk away from um, and and leave and so um, and so he's had some setbacks in his life but he's he's a very bright guy and um, sorry I'm just finding messenger while I'm talking. And so, anyway, he's been sending me these um, messages. When I was talking to him, I, the important thing about when you're witnessing to somebody is if they ask you questions, you don't just go, well, well you need Jesus, you need God, you, you, you know, he's the saviour of your life and you need it. you just got to throw bait out there. He's got to throw some things out there that makes people think. Anyway, he said, um, 
Hey, Ward, awesome to meet you yesterday. Uh, the chat made the flight ideal. Uh, uh, hope you have a great weekend. Anyway, I texted him back. I said, uh, thanks for your message. Really enjoyed the chat. Wonderful to meet a young, smart guy, full of passion and pursuing a desire to make a difference. We were talking about what's it all about. And I said, it's not about earning money. It's about making a difference. Is your life making a difference? And he's like, oh, okay. Um, make a difference and make the world a better place. I pray that your endeavours in the UK are successful. He's trying to start a business in the UK. He said, Thank, and then he texts me back. I'm going, oh, okay. <laughs> um, thanks, I'd really appreciate it. And then he says this. Um, I'd love to find out how, uh, I talked about that. He goes, I'd, I'd really love to find out how you go about that day to day, like making your life significance, making, making a purpose. Uh, or what, have, what are the things that stop you from being overwhelmed by all these options? Anyway, I just said to him, I just texted him back, first why, then what? That was it. Oh, then I get this massive text back from him. <laughs> First, why? Why are you doing what you're doing? What's driving you? What is it all about? Why do you want to get rich? Why do you want to have all this money? What, what is the thing that, if you get the why, then the what will fall into place. Exactly the same in our, in our lives. Why are you doing what you're doing? Is it just to accumulate money? Because that's not going to satisfy you. Is it just to have a big house? That's not going to satisfy you. All of these things are drivers for true and real um, things in our heart that motivate us to do things. If we know why we're doing what we're doing, then we will have the energy, the focus, and the determination to see those things through. But if all we're doing is chasing after the what, you will burn yourself out. You will find that you're never happy. You will find that there's always another what that's bigger and outside of your reach that will make you feel like, I don't measure up, or I don't have enough, or I am somehow insignificant. Um, anyway, so he then goes on um, with all this other stuff. Anyway, but my point is, if when God gives you opportunities, and he will, if you pray those prayers, and we want to be reaching out to people, we w is that we're thinking, what are we offering that no one else is offering? What are we giving? We're giving people purpose, significance, value. That's what Jesus Christ comes and brings. When everyone else is searching for the big house, they're searching for the fame or the big company or all these things that the world offers, which they have their place. Even Jesus said, you know, these things have value. They're perfect. It's not like they're insignificant. And then, but are they the real motivator in our life? Are they the real reason? Because you will find yourself, just like my old boss, getting to a stage in your life, whether you're 59, whether you're 69, and going, why did I spend my life trying to get all this stuff? I was talking to another guy yesterday. He was talking about the Netflix um, series on, is it Pablo Escobar? Is that his name? The guy from Colombia? Anyway, he's telling me he's been watching it. Uh, I wouldn't watch it because I'm a lot holier than him. But... <laughs> <laughs> But he was saying that Pablo Escobar, he said that he's fascinated by the movie because he was earning $129 million a day. A day. With all the, and, yet, and yet he was alone. He trusted nobody. He said, this is, like, this is what's coming out of this. So he spent his whole life, he controlled the, he controlled the government in uh, Colombia. Is that where he was from? 
uh, he ran the drug trade around the world. He had more money than any of us could ever. He couldn't spend it. He was piling it up in buildings, in walls. He was just piling it up everybody. He couldn't spend it all. And yet he was alone. He was unhappy. And he didn't know what to do with all his money. And so often we think that that's what's going to make life um, worth living. That's what's truly going to add meaning to our life. Yes, you need enough money to be able to do the things you want to do. And to, but don't let that be the purpose of your life. Don't spend your whole life chasing coloured money with pictures of dead people on it. Coloured bits of paper that have pictures of dead people on it. Don't spend your life chasing after that. If you spend your life discovering what is it that God's got me here for? Why am I here? How can I make a difference? Jesus said, I'll add all that other stuff to you. You'll have enough of all that that you need. Find out what you're here for and spend your life doing that. So number one, self-help. Yeah, give the Lord a hand this morning. Self-help is no help. And there's, there's so much stuff out there about self-help, help yourself. It's important to train yourself, to educate yourself, to maximize the things that God have got uh, for you. But if it's all about you, I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to be disappointed in the end. Number two, you don't make up your purpose, you discover it. You don't go, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is what it's all about. You do not make up your purpose. You discover your purpose. God is the one that designed you and shaped you and put purpose. Oh, there's a thunder. <laughs> God's in agreement. <laughs> you don't make up your purpose, you discover it. Look at this scripture in Ephesians 2, chapter 10, in the Amplified Version. For we are His workmanship. We are, what does it say? We are His workmanship, not our own. We don't build ourselves, we don't make ourselves, we don't shape ourselves. All we can do is maximize what God has already given us and put in us. For we are His workmanship, His own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand. God prepared for us when? Before, when? Beforehand, in the Greek, actually means beforehand. I know you find that very profound. But what is this saying? This is saying that God has actually prepared stuff before you were born. Doesn't that blow your mind? So you're doing stuff and you, and you think, oh, wow, I'm doing this. No, 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 no. God has orchestrated stuff beforehand. Your life, your future, the thing, and, and discovering that and walking in that is going to bring true value, purpose, significance, and joy to our life. Beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. This scripture blows me away that God so cared about me. He had, he loved me so much that he actually orchestrated and pre-planned and set out my best life in advance, knowing that if you walk with me and if you listen to me and if you follow me, I'm going to lead you in this path that is going to bring significance and value. It may not always be happy, but the purpose of life is not happiness. 
The purpose of life is joy. The purpose of life is significance, is value. It's all these things that really make life worth living. As the church, we are here. As Christians, we are here not just to walk and discover our own purpose, but to lead people into their purpose. Discovering Jesus Christ and then discovering true significance, true, true joy, true happiness that comes knowing that your life is making a difference. Whatever that is, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in business, whether it's raising children, whether it's whatever, it's not like, it's, it's not that there's a limited number of things, it's what you are meant to be doing. That's when you truly find significance. Not thinking, oh, I like what that person's doing. If I do that, I'll be happy. No, you won't. No, you won't. Uh, so, point number one, self-help is no help. Point number two, you don't make up your purpose, you discover it. And number three, oftentimes we allow the urgent things in life to distract us from the important things in life, the things that really add value, joy, and significance to our lives. Oftentimes, and there's many different variations of this. I think even Stephen Covey talks about this, the four quadrants. Anyway, the Bible talks about this, the import, about getting distracted from what's important and just spending our life, spinning our wheels, dealing with all the urgent things in life. And look, life is full of urgent things, isn't it? There's always a demand on our time. There's a demand on our money. There's a demand on our focus. There's, there's all these things that are going on all the time and yet the important things, the things that really matter, they don't scream as loud as the urgent things. They don't yell. God doesn't yell above the noise and go, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Um, we get busy. We get caught up living for urgent things that demand our attention, neglecting the important things in our life. It's so important that we know what's important. You should write that down. That's profound. It's so important that we know what's important. If you don't know what's important, you will spend your time dealing with the urgent, filling up your diary and your time and everything you've got. There's always more things to do and more demands and more things coming in than we have time to deal with. And if we don't know what's important, if we haven't decided and, and, and figured out this is what's important, this is what I need to spend time on, then everything will be filled. And we'll have no time to deal with the important things. Work is a classic example. Work's important. You've got to work. You've got to earn money. You've got to pay the bills. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. The Bible says that you're built to work. Uh, so if you don't like working, um, <laughs> then uh, you need to write the Bible, read the Bible more. But the Bible says when we're built to work. We're built to work hard. It's an important part of life. It actually brings a sense of value to us when we're working, contributing, earning money, doing life. But here's the thing. Oftentimes, the urgency of work, to all the emails that are coming in, the phone calls, the text messages, the voicemails, all of this stuff, and always the desire for more, 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 advancement. And, and it's important that we have goals and that we want to get ahead. But they're the urgent things. The important things are the relationships in our life. If you're married, you're ma your marriage. If, if it's uh, 
friendships, if it's the things that really add value to our life, do not sacrifice the important things in your life because of the urgent things. Because what you'll find, like my old boss spent his life chasing the urgent, chasing the career, chasing all of these things, and then discovered that the important things, his marriage, his kids, and the other things, had gone. Had gone. Because he neglected the important, chasing after the urgent. Do not spend your life, you've got to work hard and you've got to work, but do not spend your whole life chasing bits of paper with pictures of dead people on them and neglecting the live people in your life that really make life worth living. The friends, the family, the, the connections. We get busy, work is always urgent. But some of the stuff that we do, it's not important. If we don't do it now, it can be done tomorrow. Now, there's certain things that are important and are urgent, but relationships and people are important. Yes? When we have kids, or anyone who's got kids here today, kids are urgent. They're always demanding your attention. They're always demanding this. As they get older, they demand money. They demand this. They get demand cars. They demand all this stuff. That There's always demands. Kids can take up your entire attention. And for many parents, they live for their kids. Their kids are everything. And, and the urgent demands and, and life and everything. But you know what's important? Your marriage is important. And many families, many couples spend their whole life dealing with the urgent of the demands of the children and they've got this play date and this party and this sport and all of these things and in, while they're dealing with the urgent, they're neglecting the important and the thing that actually keeps that family together is being neglected. The thing that actually really brings value to the children is a couple that are showing love and commitment and, and setting an example within that family. That's what really is important for the kids. Now, that doesn't mean you don't ever take them to parties or spend time with them or, or have holidays or anything like that. All of that is important. All of that is vital. Um, but we cannot, for anyone who's got children, let the children be the whole purpose of your life. They are there to be a blessing they add value, but if all you ever do is focus on the kid, and you know, this is almost a proverb, the number of people who spend their lives raising children and investing in the children at the whole time, and in the same time neglecting the, the marriage and the relationship, and when the kids get to the point where they move out of home, the number of divorces uh, at that point of where parents become empty nesters is, is exponential. Because all of a sudden it's two people, two strangers living in a house going, I don't even know who you are. Um, don't let that happen. And look, the rea every one of us make mistakes. And if you're here in this situation, you think, you know what, that is what I did or something has happened. God can still work those things out. There's, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to begin to build the life that God has for you. Weeks are so busy. Yeah, give the Lord a hand, though. I think that is a good point. Another thing, you know, we get so busy with work, with kids, or with marriage, friends, relationships, all, all this stuff going on. We get so busy with these urgent things, we neglect the, hurt, the important things, which is our health. In our modern society, we are so busy, so busy, that we actually neglect our own health. We don't eat right. We don't... We don't uh, 
we don't exercise. We, we find that because we're so busy, convenience is a big thing. And unfortunately, oftentimes, the most convenient foods are not healthy. And so, you know, if we actually look, we're, we're, our health is deteriorating because all we're doing is focusing on the urgent. But if we don't focus on the important, all of a sudden, that important thing will become urgent. And that's when you end up at the hospital or something bad happens or all of a sudden you go, oh, oh, I've got high blood pressure or I'm having a heart attack or... Or I've got uh, diabetes or all these things start happening in our life. Do not neglect the important things because we're overrun with the urgent things. If, you don't, if we don't decide these are important, it's important that we eat right. It's important that we are healthy because that's what makes life worth living. That's what really adds value. You can have all the money and you can have all this other stuff. But if you're stuck at home or you're stuck in a hospital or you're in a wheelchair or if you've got some machine attached to you, all of a sudden, life is not what it was. So, um, I want to finish with a scripture. Oh, wow, it's only 10 past 11. You guys are lucky today. Normally I preach for about an hour at least. Um, no, we're gonna, no, we're not going to start. Five minutes. <laughs> you're not enjoying this message <laughs> and he's like quick get him off <laughs> thanks mate five minutes five more minutes um, is this a good message are you, are you hearing what I'm saying it's, um, it's really important it's really important that you know what's important as a pastor I want you to live your best life as a pastor, I want you to live a life of value and significance and, per and I want you to live a long life and I want you to live a happy life. But if all we do is get over, overrun and focus on all the urgent things and all the things that demand our time and our attention and we do not know what's important, we will find that we are disappointed when the important things actually are no longer there or they've, they've diminished to a point where now they are urgent and we've neglected them. So... <coughs> Uh, Luke 10 38 there's a story Jesus uh, actually doesn't tell the story but there's a story about Jesus and it says uh, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him you may know this story Luke chapter 10 38 uh, she had a sister called Mary these are two of Jesus's friends Martha and Mary again you may have heard of these couples if you if you're not familiar with the Bible uh, who sat down at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. Everyone say distracted. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And then Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from, from her. This is a classic example of what I'm talking about. The urgent overrunning the important. And it doesn't mean that work didn't need to be done. Yes, work did need to be done. But oftentimes, uh, Martha was a bit of a perfectionist, right? So she needed everything to be exactly right. So she's running around, you know, she's... She's making sure everything's the best, but it, sometimes good is good enough. Sometimes. I'm not saying we shouldn't aim for excellence and, and want things, but sometimes we put such demands on our life that we burn ourselves out trying to live at a level simply because we're wanting to please other people. 
She was worried that the people that were coming and Jesus were going to look at her and go, oh, you're not a very good mother, you're not a very good housewife, you've got all this, haven't got all this stuff organized. Um, so she was distracted. What's the, what's the point? It's very easy to get distracted with all the things, all the demands, all the things, all the urgent things that are going on in our life. And look, they need to be dealt with. But Mary had, had realized what was important at that point. That Jesus was in the place, he wasn't going to be there forever, and that she needed to focus on Jesus. The urgent stuff was going to be looked after, it was going to be sorted out, it was going to be okay. But the important thing was that she focused on Jesus. Oftentimes, again, life gets busy. If, if you've got kids, if you're married, if you've got married, or friends, or work, career, all these things. And they're, look, they've all got value. They're all important. I'm not saying that they have no value at all. They are important in their place. But oftentimes, again, the urgent will crowd out the important with our spiritual life. You know, we don't have time to pray. We don't have time to read the Bible. Sometimes we haven't got time to go to church because there's so much stuff's going on. So many urgent things, so many demands on our time that we focus on the urgent and we neglect the important. And to our own detriment, to our own detriment, we allow the urgent to crowd out the important. When it comes to your spiritual life, I encourage you to find some time each day to pray, to spend some time with God, to find some time each day to read the Bible, even if it's five minutes, to find time each week to be in the house of God because it's important. The important things are like the vegetables on your plate. It's not the thing you always look forward to. Sometimes you do, but not always. But they're the things that give you health. They're the things that really give you the energy. They're the things that really add value. If all you ate was ice cream, sooner or later you're going to get sick. And so once we know what's important and we build those into our life, then we fill up whatever other time we've got with all these urgent things and all these other demands and you'll find you've got a happy, balanced, fulfilled, significant life that is not only something you enjoy, but something that is honouring and bringing glory to God. And at the end of the day, that's what we want in Jesus' name. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, God. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> let's close our eyes here today. Father... We thank you that you have shaped us and designed us and built us to know you and to fulfill a purpose that you outlined for us, Lord, to, to love people, to love God, to make a difference in the lives of others, to not just live for ourselves, but to live to make a difference, to build encouragement and hope, faith and love in the people that you bring into our world, that we make a difference. Father, we thank you for that opportunity. And by your grace, we will keep the important things important and not let the urgent distract us from what truly is valuable in life. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you that you love us so much. You care for us so much that you've shown us the way to a joyful, full life. You've shown us our best life and how to achieve it. 
and we thank you for it, Lord. Just as we're finishing up here today, I want to just ask you a question.